0: So, what do you think of my Father's Day shirt? Uh, it's a very lovely shirt. Not quite. Oh, I see. You've got a little bit of detailing along the mm-hmm. inseam of the where you get where you things get buttoned up. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yes.
1: Actually, that that was the other thing too. Is I had to decide. You know, am, am I going to go with an extra button done done there and and risk? Looking like one of these guys, yeah. or do I do it up and then risk looking like that guy who spends all the time in the library? So I just. But what blew me away was, first of all, I, I put it on for the first time tonight. Um, I still had the, the the price tag on it.
0: So it put a price tag on your fatherhood, which is how much. 195 big ones. That's pretty good for a shirt like that. Nice going. Thanks. Nice so. going. Yeah, the 14-year-old came through.
1: I think we might be be paying her a little too much in the uh, babysitting department, but yeah. How old's Olivia? 14 going on 19. I would imagine that Olivia didn't have $194 plus HST to pay for that. Yeah, maybe mom played a role in that as well. There's a good point. Maybe
2: mom did. <laughs> All right, stand by. Here we go. Here we go. From the headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine, now with 1.2 billion subscribers on iTunes and GeoCities, this is the world's most popular podcast with Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth featuring musical guest Sting.
1: So, you think you can start your own band, do you? The boys from My Fake Band have dropped by Studio 3B to talk about their Kickstarter campaign for an actual, physical
0: card game? Plus, and I can't believe I'm saying this why you should like K pop if you don't like Donald Trump. You don't like K pop? That's not my thing.
2: And now, Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth.
1: Our ace producer, Vanessa Azoli, came across this really fascinating Kickstarter campaign, and it sort of reminds me of that game that I think I'm not the only one who plays, where when you hear an unusual phrase or term, you ascribe it to the name of a band.
0: Yes. You'd say, hey, that makes a good band
1: name. It's literally like a hydraulic lift system. Oh, yeah, man, I haven't heard hydraulic lift systems since <laughs> they went commercial in the 90s. Yes. And so, with that in mind, this is my fake... Banned. And this is perfect for a COVID-19 type environment where we're all sort of sheltered in place at home and we're spending time with, with the family and we can now expand those social bubbles. You know what? I don't even know exactly how to describe this. So Why don't we just bring the guys on who put it together?
0: Let's do that because this is really interesting. You don't have a lot of music-based games out there. It, Trivial
1: Pursuit, I think, is probably the, where the musicography of your world shines. Yeah,
0: well, there is a music version of Trivial Pursuit, and that's about the only one I've ever owned, and that's the, about the only one I've ever played. So let's try this. Okay, my my only uh, Trivial Pursuit game, by the way,
1: is the original one from 1984. So when you play, you can't play the game with today's knowledge. You have to play the game with well, who was the fastest? person alive in 1984. (laughs) <laughs> so joining us now is James Herman and Jesse Herman, the co-creators of My Fake Band. Your Kickstarter project is about to go live. Yeah, we, we launch tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Eastern. So for those who are listening on the broadcast day of Wednesday, that will be the Thursday onwards. So we got 24 hours for the fans who will listen to us on day one. But after that, you can just go to Kickstarter Punch in My Fake Band and you guys are going to be up and running.
0: Perfect. Yeah. I have been invited, back in the old days, to parties in which game developers, and these are board game developers, pitched their game to a room full of people who may want to invest in said game. Now, This is how Trivial Pursuit began, and it's how a bunch of people associated with the Trivial Pursuit inventors became very, very rich. It's uh, it's kind of awkward because they bring you in. It's kind of like a Tupperware party. They give you a bunch of drinks and and a bunch of um, of food, and then you all play the game. And then at the end of it all, it says, "How much do you want to invest?"
1: Are I, you worried that that's what this is all about? At well, the end he, of it, we're going no, no, to have to no. open
3: your wallet.
0: No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is, it with the Kickstarter program, it's much better, much less pressure, and I, I think much more upfront. So
1: good. All right. So James, what is this all about? Give, give us a a sense of the idea behind
3: the game in the first place. Well, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I mean, Jesse and I, brothers grew up on Long Island. So kind of in and out of the New York city music scene, if you will, going to shows growing up. And personally, I'm very musically not inclined. So my dreams of being in a band never going to happen because I can't play an instrument. So closest thing that I could come up with was just making funny band names and passing them to my brothers, and my friends. And, you know, anytime you hear a funny phrase, a combination of words, it's like, all right, that'd be a funny band name. And then you write it down or you talk about it for a couple of days and on to the next. So that's kind of where this came from. We grew up playing all sorts of games. We mentioned when we were talking earlier, Dash, which I'd say this is kind of in the vein of Dash, but also very satirical in terms of the, you know, the, the cards and the gameplay and how it flows. The object of the game is you're essentially creating a fake band by drawing a fake band card and drawing a genre that that fake band performs, essentially, in terms of the type of music. Uh, and then it's up to the group to essentially write down what they believe to be the name of the first hit single off of the fake band's debut album
1: and you decided to go with a card game as opposed to something that's on a glowing rectangle how come this isn't an app
3: yeah neither one of us are uh, app developers and uh, <laughs> so we you know we decided to go the card game route it's a little bit more accessible now you can uh, design cards online and submit them to a card company to just you know pay them to print it out for you and get like a fully made out box which is what we did with our prototype version uh we got 300 cards in it um it's really easy you just send send in the design for the front and back and hopefully down the line i think one of our stretch unlocks if we get funded to a certain level uh we're going to hire a developer to make an app
0: out of the game as well well you know this is also good for the summertime because who wants to play a game on an app when you're all camping or on the back deck you know it, it I think there's something wonderfully old school about board games and card games because it is not electronic. it's tactile it's something that you can do with everybody else and then when you get upset with somebody you can either turn over the board or throw the cards in their face.
3: Um, my glowing rectangle reminds me at the end of each week now how often I'm actually staring at my phone. so the fact, you know the, the thought of putting anything else out there that you have to physically pick up a phone just, Kind of makes my stomach turn a
1: little bit. Yes, I agree. All right, so let's do a round here. So, James, you're going to hold up first a band card and then a genre card, and that determines the type of band. And then Alan and I have to come up with what the first single is on that band's first
0: album. Are are we a team or are we playing separately? Competitive. Oh, okay. I'll
3: write one (laughs) too. Okay, so it's, it's all three of us. The name of my new fake band is Granny and Her Panties.
0: Okay, that's unnecessary, but okay.
3: (laughs) And we are a swamp blues band. A swamp blues band? What is a swamp blues band? Swamp blues, the definition, Louisiana blues that developed around Baton Rouge in the 1950s and 1960s
0: this is true there is actually a scene like that or was a scene like that so you
3: want to write the first hit single by granny and her panties the swamp blues band so this is
0: just our creativity and imagination correct okay isn't that weird yes okay i got one. Oh damn you still working this is like the longest jeopardy okay. answer
1: all right I got mine ready. Okay. Okay. All right, you go first, Alan. Me?
0: Well, yeah, since you're Mr. Big Shot. I'm going with simplicity. Grantee and her panties, the Swamp Blues Band from Louisiana, their first big hit single was Bayou Blues. Give me!
1: Oh come on!
0: What? that's a, Are we supposed to be trying to elicit uh, a, a a reaction? No, there's no wrong answer. I you just yeah. okay, what, so what did you? I thought come the up? idea was it was supposed to be
3: creative and, 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 and co- intended to make people.
0: Uh, okay, so then I, I clearly overreached.
1: You went with. All right, so for Granny and her panties, the Swamp Blues Band, their first hit single is "Mama Ate My Copilot on This
0: Airboat of Life." <laughs> You know what? I'm going to give that to you. I'm, I'm, I, I, I fold. <laughs> you Michael, fold. I fold. Michael one wins that one round and I've already no, won no, no, oh, uh, this round. You win. Okay. Let's, let's
1: go again. Okay. One, no. best two out of three. is that No, what no, think? no. I, I'm, until I win, we're going to go. Oh, okay. Um, no way. Hey, we, 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 Jesse wrote one down too. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. I Jesse.
3: did. I wrote down uh washboard panty cleaner.
0: Oh, I okay. So just washboards in the swamp. Yeah. Know. So I would go. Okay. I. I'd say uh,
3: Michael takes that one. Uh, yeah. Throwing it out there. <laughs> All right,
1: round
0: two. Now I'm thinking of other names. All right. Oh, hang so we, on. I, I, I'm, I'm just hang on. Uh, you're not gonna let this go. No, I'm not. Um, okay. Here's another one. We'll, well, we'll go. We'll go. Come back to this.
3: All um. right, uh, Jesse. What's what's the name of your new fake band? Let's, okay. let's hear. It. All right, so I got uh, Personal Space Invader, uh-huh. and we're a pop group. Do you have K-pop in there, by the way. K-pop is in there. Okay. Especially when BTS is so big. I mean, you got to come on. <laughs> All right, I got mine.
0: Okay.
1: We're waiting for you to, to be yeah, ready for yours. Yeah, yeah, things, yeah.
0: Man. Hang on, hang on.
1: Um, oh, see, this one's taking a little longer than the last one. The last one you just pulled right out of your ass in a heartbeat. Okay, you go first this time. <laughs> All right. So this is Personal Space Invader, a pop band, and their first single is Shields Up On My Love. <laughs> oh, no, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Revision. Shields Up On My Heart.
0: Okay. <laughs> I am going to go in a slightly different direction. I am going to assume that this is a K, uh, J-pop band. Okay. And uh, I am going to call this song their their hit song is. It's going to be called Respect to Nishikado-san.
3: Did he like create Space Invaders or something? Yes,
0: he did. There we go. <laughs>
1: See, I didn't even know that. I'm supposed to be the nerd of the group. Yeah, there you go.
3: Personal Space Invader, the pop group, and the name of my hit single is Baby Girl Ain't Got No Soap.
0: Baby Girl Ain't Got No. Uh, No, I think we have to give this to...
1: Uh, I don't know. For, for the guy who was saying this should be an app, I've won
0: back-to-back rounds, I think. <laughs> All right, let's do one more because I'm not happy with the outcome here. Go ahead. The Husky section...
3: Ooh, okay. <laughs> We're a disco group.
0: Oh, really? With that kind of name? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry,
1: I was out loud. <laughs> Standing by. This is bringing back all sorts of memories of family life at the cottage. Am I the only one who had family life at the cottage? Yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> all right. I'll go all first. Right. Uh, the Husky Section, which is a disco group, had a big 12-inch hit with Dance Around My Waistband. Ooh. All
1: right. Whoa, you're, you're kicking it up a notch. Are you ready for this one? The Husky Section Disco.
0: Nowhere to go but leather. Whoa. Ugh.
3: I don't know. I might have you beat with a all-you-can-eat buffet.
0: Clearly, I need to work on my game. <laughs> i think i'm gonna go with alan on this one here oh i didn't give me a point oh oh so let let me let me just let me just ask a question here so as as this game progresses and we've got like four guys here playing um who is the ultimate judge who is the ultimate scorekeeper does it rotate among people or what's the rules
1: Right, because we're playing right now just basically a COVID, you know, social distancing version of the
3: game. The actual rules are a little bit different than this. Right. You know, the game was, uh, it was kind of designed for players anywhere between five and six players. It can accommodate anywhere between four and eight players. Uh, But the ideal number of players is five to six. And the way that the game works is as you go around the group, after all of the song titles have been read by the founding member, Each player gets to guess who wrote which song.
0: Oh, I see.
3: The object of the game is to match the correct author with the song title. So for each correct guess, the player earns a point. So your guesses
1: are not based upon what you think is the best song title associated with that fake
3: band, as much as who you think Alan Cross would have written, what he would have written down. Exactly. So there's there's a number of house rules that we've come up with, and th- this is one variation that we're playing right now. Okay. Right? This is the quarantine rules. You need a whole
1: separate section dedicated to the quarantine rules, because you know we're going to get that second wave.
3: Mm-hmm. Hopefully not. I mean, you know, we really miss live music. I don't know about you guys, but
1: Well, we miss live music. We miss doing a lot of things, but there's going to be a lot of opportunities to do what you guys are doing. So Kickstarter kicks in the day after uh, this conversation. And as a result of that, how much are you looking to raise? And what's success as far as you're concerned?
3: Yeah, we're looking to raise about $10,000. That'll get the first round of the game produced into the hands of uh, some people. And, you know, even if we're just funded, we'll call it a success. Uh, Hopefully things spiral from there. Um, This is our we created a business to launch this Kickstarter so that we could uh, hopefully roll out a couple other games that we've come up with. Um, got a number of, them. one's called the mustache game. We got another one that's based on in your endos and innuendos. I mean, um, the game is called in your endo. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> uh, well, we wish you all the best. Thank you so much for joining us. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks guys. We had a blast. Thanks for having us. Michael is the, uh, the champion, I guess. So, congrats! Thank you, thank you very much. Better <laughs> luck next time, my man.
0: Whatever. I just need a little more time to get my head into the game. That's all.
1: <laughs> James Herman and Jesse Herman joined us from their respective homes in New York. <laughs> yeah, I no, appreciate you guys. That was a blast.
2: Ever wanted to be a big shot co-producer? It's just like Hollywood. Visit geeksandbeats.com to learn how you can pad your resume with an exciting show credit. We'll even send you the album cover of your episode, suitable for framing in your parents' basement.
1: What's this about TikTok teens and K-pop stands
0: sinking that Tulsa Trump rally? This is really interesting. There was a woman from Fort Dodge... In Iowa, TikTok grandma, Mary Jo Laup is her name. And she posted something a couple of weeks back after Trump had mentioned that he was going to restart his campaign rallies in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And she said that what everybody should do is reserve tickets for this sh- uh, rally and then just not show up. And this went viral. She had between, I don't know, 700,000, 900,000 views of this. And a lot of K-pop fans who have become extremely activist against things like white supremacy and uh, police brutality and a variety of other things got together and started reserving these tickets for the Box Center rally in Tulsa.
1: So this this box center has, if I understand correctly, nineteen thousand available seats. But the Trump administration was boasting they had requests for one million tickets.
0: Right. So they, you had to fill out a form with your name and uh, name and phone number, and you had to you this this form was not validated unless you couldn't put a fake phone number in there because that was how it was validated. And so all these people sucked up all these tickets. And it's a first-come, 1st first serve situation. So all these people said that they were coming, and uh, nobody showed up. Yeah, the seats were only half full or something to that effect. No, a third. 6,200 people in an arena that held 19,200 people. And they were, they, were, they were so convinced that they were going to get an overflow crowd that they built an outdoor stage so that right. Trump could do a second speech to the people who couldn't get inside the building. Turns out, though... That nobody showed up, and they're now spinning it, saying that, well, it wasn't the K-pop fans and it wasn't the online trolls. It was the media that scared everybody away because they said everybody was going to get sick from sick from COVID nineteen. So, they also claimed it was protesters, and it was clearly uh, there was not nobody a there. I, I, I watched it on TV. There was nobody outside. So K-pop makes a win. Yeah, and this is not the first time they did this. They, um, the Dallas police had uh, an app called i i watched dallas and the idea was to take video uh, basically snitching on people who were doing bad things and k-pop fans found this to be a little bit big brother so they bombarded the app with all kinds of k-pop video footage which then uh brought the app down and dallas police had to um had to, had to take the app down. There was also uh, Whiteout Wednesday and White Lives Matter, those two hashtags. And if you went to any of the social media outlets uh, that were um, promoting those two events, White Lives Matter and Whiteout Wednesday, uh, they were completely drowned out by people by K-pop fans who are posting K-pop videos just to uh, shut up these white supremacists. So, I don't care what you think about K-pop. It may not be your type of music, but they have a very strong activist community. And at this point, their hearts seem to be in the right place.
1: Speaking of hearts in the right place, we want to say thank you to Lisa Logan.
0: She is the latest member of the world's worst intern program. Which means you pay us, you don't do any work, but you can put this on your resume and we will vouch for you. On
1: LinkedIn even, too. So, uh, she is a a Patreon supporter, and so she supports us by paying us a dollar to work on the show and doesn't do any actual work. Uh, And so, I I fired her off a note saying, hey, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, She says she's a longtime listener and fan of the show, uh, and she even has a Miracle Travel mug of traveling, my friend. Very nice. Which, uh, if you go to the Geeks and Beats website, you can buy one of those for 30 bucks. I think we make 5 bucks on it. Uh, But through the miracle of science, it keeps hot beverages hot and cold beverages is cold.
0: Can I just interrupt here for a second? I have two travel mugs that I sort of alternate depending on how I'm feeling. There's the Miracle Travel Mug of Traveling, which does not have a handle. And then I have a Third Man Records mug that I purchased at Third Man Records in Nashville from Jack White's record company. And I will go back and forth between the two. And I can tell you that the Miracle Travel Mug of Traveling keeps my hot beverage hot longer by about hundred and ten percent than Jack White's mug. Really? Yes. I was. I made my coffee at seven thirty the other morning, and at nine o'clock it was still almost too hot to drink. That's ninety minutes after it came out of the uh, out of the machine.
1: Well, I'm sure Lisa is having that exact same experience. She actually lives uh, just west of Toronto, she says. She's the mom of two super smart, healthy teens, and uh, she is a business resilience professional working for one of the big five banks.
0: Business resilience professional?
1: I wonder what that means. I, well, I think that's probably something that we would all need right about well, now. Yes. we'll probably <laughs> very busy. Yeah, and she says that seeing as she's still employed during the pandemic, she's making an effort to support businesses that she enjoys, so she loves listening to the show, and so she hopes that uh, her small contribution can help keep things going. Well, I'm doing that same sort of thing, too. I'm sure you are as okay. well, you know, tipping a little more with the pizza guy. And, oh, and all that listen, kind of stuff.
0: Uh, the people who come by with uh, Uber Eats and and, uh, and uh, skip the dishes, oh, they're, they're making out really
1: well. I hope so, because those are the people who are most likely to, to be at risk. Uh, Lisa, by the way, spells her name with two eyes, I've seen that. I think it's sexy.
0: She's Finnish. Ooh, that explains it. They love vowels in Finland.
1: They do. I just finished watching on the Amazon Prime the four-part series Inside Ikea.
0: Oh, I'm going to... It's like a cult. Yeah, but that's... Okay, first of all, um, I believe Ikea is from Sweden. Oh, Sweden, Finland, Denmark, Norway, what's the difference?
1: I don't know why my head went there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sorry, Lisa.
2: Watch all new episodes of Geeks and Beats Wednesdays on iTunes and watch for Geeks and Beats magazine on a newsstand near you. To be part of next week's show, call area code 323-319-NERD. Follow the stories on Twitter, Facebook, and get your dose of Geeks and Beats anytime at geeksandbeats.com. The Geeks and Beats podcast would like to thank the National Science Foundation.